This is a Village Soundcast Network original production. If you are looking for a special dish, might I recommend this little fish? You've overlooked it. Well, I have a hunch. Sardines on toast make a brilliant lunch. They are so easy and they are so cheap. They got the flavor that goes so deep. Both the landlubber and the fisherman love the sardines that come in a little can. Hey, hum. I'm so honored to be one of the first to hear the sardine song. <laughs> Thanks. Well, it's nice to bring it to you. It seems very fitting it that I have it for you. Fitting. And yeah. now I have some stocking stuffer ideas. Yeah, right? Don't you think they're the perfect thing? Totally. They are. They're perfect. This is the Food Podcast, a Village Soundcast Network production where personal stories are shared through the lens of food. I'm Lindsay Cameron Wilson. Welcome to our special holiday episode where I'll be chatting with singer, songwriter, Old Man Ludica. Hey, Chris. Hey, how are you? <laughs> Did I just give away your name? Do people know your name is Chris? Uh, I think it doesn't take long to find out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Chris, is his name actually Chris Ludica? Or is that just like a stage name? But yeah. no, Chris Ludica is my name. Yeah, yeah. It's your name. So yeah. what kind of name is Ludica? I guess it's German. My dad, yeah. my dad came from Germany when he was 18 in the late 50s. And you're a so sure guy? I am. I've lived there for about 12 years. Well, because there are a lot of Germans down that way. There, Yeah, I guess there are. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. always think of the so sure. Yeah. We're talking about Nova Scotia here. I really wanted you to come on the food podcast because I love your music. But there's so much like food and home and sort of domesticity mm. and kind of a sense of of uh, tradition that resonates mm. Is that is that the case, or is that just coming through? No, to me? I think I, I mean I've I've always I've, you know I've written lots of songs that involve food just because they seem like they seem like little. I think I'm always sort of writing about well, what I care about, you know, in a way I, I guess and, and I you know I play the banjo, so I'm sort of never really going to have much of a pop career. So I've I've always been able to sort of write about what I care about, and I and sort of try to make those moments the big moments, you know, rather than the big moments, you know, I, I'm I'm in a long-term relationship and so I'm not writing about first love you know every at bat is not just like here's my 16 year old love story again and again and again you know so so the food is 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 something that has is is important to me at home and actually you know I might have to give it up because I've got you know three little kids at home who just hate it all you know they just peanut butter and jam would be just fine for them you know well there's a peanut butter and jam song in there Dude, there's a great peanut butter and jam song, but it's not by me. <laughs> one for me and one for David Amram. <laughs> Sharon Lois. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's funny. All right, let's talk about Christmas because when I think of you, I look at my my banjo and it's something that was given to me by my husband hmm. about 10 years ago. Awesome. Um, I am a huge fan of the Be Good Tanyas, yeah. and I've been listening to them. I think I was their like original. <laughs> right on. They, they were the first band that um, really resonated with me. That I was reading show notes to, and right, just right, right. carried them when we moved to London. And um, 
they came and played there a few times. So I was yeah. able to see them. So all of a sudden, I, I just decided that banjo was something that I was going to start to play. So uh -huh. I got this banjo and um, and I played a little. I took some lessons. It's really hard. The banjo? Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. So do you remember learning? Um, yeah. I mean, you, you know, you sort of know. I mean, I, I was sort of pursued by it, you know, and... and uh, I, what do you mean you were pursued? Well, by? I just, I, there was no, there wasn't a whole lot of thought. It was like, I sort of had like a, I, I had this sort of head of full of desire to do something. And then, and then the banjo was the sort of funnel through which it all went. So I, I, I probably stopped a little too soon, you know, in a way I'm, you know, I sort of play all these gigs and stuff and. You know, I, I might I might remember better stopping to practice than I remember all the. I mean, you know, I I just it took over my life basically. You know, I came to it late and went at it. You know, basically, so it it just was. Um, you can buy them easily enough, and then you have to figure out how to, you know, what to do with the thing. You know. Do you mind tuning my banjo? No, I do Yeah. I think it's in pretty good shape. Can you it? can you describe it? What are the features of this guy? Not so bad. Not so bad. Well, your banjo, it's really nice. It's got a nice slim neck. Oh, I see dust. Oh, always dust. Yeah. <laughs> It's got a nice bass. Do you remember your first banjo? Well, this is my second banjo. I bought this mm. at the same place you buy yours, really. Uh, but my first banjo, yeah, was a was a really uh, was a piece of crap. And then and then I played it for I don't know maybe two years, and then I bought this, and I've just gone back to this. I've got other instruments, but uh, I've gone back to my original banjo just because. I wrote so many songs on it, and I've been kind of, I've been kind of really loving learning about the guitar over the last couple of years, and in the last five or six years, and and so I've gone back to this to try and remember the whatever sexiness the instrument has. You know, I'm trying to like find it here because I wrote so many songs with this particular instrument, and uh, so I'm I'm playing it again a lot. To I'm taking it on the road because I'm I'm like keen to keen to. You know, connect with the original version of myself playing the instrument. Oh, yeah. You know, because this is kind of what I, this is kind of what I, don't my whole sort of livelihood is based on particularly this instrument, really. It's kind of wearing away the the skin that's stretched on it. Yeah, that's not the original head. I've I've had other heads before. I've gone through other ones before. But yeah, this is a, they call this a fiber skin head. So it's made to look like a goat skin, but it's actually just sort of a, a veneer on a on a on a plastic drum head. Oh, so wow. not unlike yours, same. same. Mine is fresh and clean. Yeah, <laughs> it's so clean. Yeah, well, yours doesn't have like a, you know, all the outdoor festivals that just gunk it all up. Yeah, the stories. Any food dribble like found in here? I don't generally eat when I'm playing music. How can? But you know what? I grew up. I you know I grew up playing the piano, and like I had to, I had to. You know, practice. You know, at six thirty in the morning or whatever. You eat breakfast and at six or whatever, and then had to play piano and. You know, it was always an issue because you always felt like your hands were cleaner. But we had like quite a nice piano at home, and my dad was always yelling about 
getting your hands clean or whatever. And it's funny because now like I'll eat something and then I'll pick up an instrument. <laughs> every time I'm like, I just bust myself on it every time, right? And I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh, they're clean enough. They're clean enough, but really I should wash my hands before I, as we all should. And of course I'm telling my kids to wash their hands all the time and I'm like, I'm smelling for the soap. And, you know, it's like. We become our parents. Right. I guess. <laughs> on know, some level. For sure. <laughs> no matter how far you run. Yeah. So tell me about uh, some food holiday traditions in your house. Oh, yeah. So, you know, the Christmas dinner was n- nothing to get excited about and, and not too different from average. In fact, I think that it's probably worse than in most people's houses. But just because I think we would go to my aunts and, and I think that they kind of had their Christmas dinner like on Christmas Eve. And so we kind of had leftovers <laughs> I think but uh, was that here in Nova Scotia no in Toronto I grew up in Toronto oh you did and yeah. uh, and uh, but the the really nice thing was that Christmas morning we didn't have a very large family but there'd be about 12 of us I guess uh, that would have Christmas we never called it brunch we always called it breakfast you know um, brunch is something I learned about at university really um, I think my dad didn't like the word uh, but basically like a late morning breakfast of, uh, I think it's something called Stromer Max, which I think it translates to Strong Max. And I think it's like actually kind of like, I think it's like kind of German roadstop food. Like I think you can get it in like gas stations, but basically it's that sort of Rudolph's or Dimpfelmeyer's, like the dark, heavy double crust rye bread with quite a good layer of butter on it. And then Westphalian ham, which is like a smoked prosciutto. So so it's it's a smoky sort of thin sliced you know, reddish ham that that hasn't been cooked. It's it's you know, it's like prosciutto, like speck, you know that stuff. Yeah. And then and then with fried eggs on top. And if you and then oranges and then um, but you know, cheap champagne and then uh, Christmas stollen. They call it it's a white uh, cake with fruits and seeds, nuts and sort of thing. And that and then these like and then sort of and that was always a commercial thing from from the same bakery that made the rye bread and then um and then similarly with some of those sort of um those german cookies that most people don't like they're spicy lebkuchen they're called so they're like you know some of them have like a layer of rice paper and then this sort of orangey spice all spice kind of thing too and sometimes they have chocolate those ones went first and then these little domino steine they're called they're like they're like a centimeter by a centimeter by a centimeter cubes and one layer is marzipan, one layer is this sort of orange jelly, and oh. then a little bit of this same kind of gingerbready stuff, Leibkuchen stuff. Did you like it? Well, you know, it's just the taste of Christmas, you know, in a way. So it's, it's yes, of course. You know, it's it's hard to figure out, you know, spend so much time, you know, you spend so much time eating or whatever, it's hard to figure out. I mean, you eat every day or whatever, and it's, it's hard to figure out where sort of culture ends and where pleasure begins you know it's like the, the thing is you know at some level you know your your palate is conditioned by you know that that thing and, and there were times when i would eat two of those those breads with the eggs on it. that's my favorite especially if you make the breads the night before and then top them with the fried eggs in the morning and my dad was really good at fried eggs it turns out like not not uh not everybody is great at fried eggs and there's just such a huge variety right what do you think his secret is at one point like maybe 10 or 12 years ago i was like if i ever write a uh autobiography i would be like the broken it would be called the broken yolk 
<laughs> the old man look a tragedy or whatever, <laughs> which sounds stupid but and self-reflexive. But yeah. but uh, well, you know, his secret, to, to be honest, is that we all, I grew up with unsalted butter, but he always salted the eggs in the pan, so the fried eggs were well salted, and and so the the yolk kind of pits a little bit. Uh, um, just if you're really paying like a lot of attention mm-hmm. to it, uh, you see that the there's it doesn't it doesn't you would never say it's pitting, but like, but it, there, it, there's a sort of cloud of 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 the salt. So it's not super salty, but like just enough salt that like if you add the salt at the table, it's it's quite a different experience. Yeah. So so and lots um, of butter in the pan, and then lots of butter in the pan. So like a little filigree. But like basically, like you get the, and I think the eggs, you know, you made sure that the eggs were always at room temperature. Like, if you woke up late, like on a non-Christmas morning, for instance, and wanted an egg, you'd be like, you can't, it's too late for an egg. He wouldn't do it. No, because you you, you need to take the egg out of the fridge the night before. Yeah, that was something that he cared about. And of course, I've got chickens at home, and so we don't even bother with the fridge for the eggs yeah. generally. You know, um, yeah, but but uh, that was something I learned from my dad about 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 eggs but he was able to turn out quite a lot of eggs and yeah you know I, for whatever reason they 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 whites always stood up pretty tall in the pan that's kind of what and then it was the only day of the year that I really liked a sunny side up egg and I think I think he'd take like he had one of those roasty you know the roasty brand plastic uh sort of flippers and he'd I think he'd I think he might actually pull a bit of the yolk off the, or like of the a bit of the, not the yolk, but a bit of the, the the white off the top of the yolk, yeah. so that it's like I think he I think he might have done that. I'm not sure because. Well, my dad calls the there's like a little bit of of translucent white mm-hmm. that often doesn't cook around the mm-hmm. yolk. He calls that the zone of pellucida. Oh right. Yeah. <laughs> He's a doctor. I didn't cool. <laughs> no one uh, Google that. Um, so he's often removing that after the fact, just on for, the plate. Yeah, uh-huh. just in case. I think my dad pulled it off and then turned it into the white at the edge of the. Because you can probably cook that. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. The dad tricks. Yeah, but it was good, and and that and that, and I think you know we had a pretty small nuclear, you know, family kind of upbringing, and basically. I don't know, for whatever reason, my dad was quite a difficult guy, but like, you know, he didn't really love having family over and stuff. So that was like, and there were, there were some days, especially like, I don't know what drinking with parents is like universally, but I suspect that there's like a bit of an arc to it. Like you're not allowed. And then all of a sudden you do it way too much. And then it kind of simmers down, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you know, there were some pretty wet Christmas breakfasts. So where are you in the art? <laughs> I think kind of on the other side. Like I think we might have had. Well, you know, um, I think we, I think we maybe only had two bottles of champagne between the five of us or six of us. My wife was there last Christmas, but um, you know, over that morning. But we definitely got up to ten. You know, certainly at different times. You know? <laughs> so what it's like, what's it like in your kitchen now? Well, so we just we just built a kitchen. So mm-hmm. we built our we just turned our whole house into a kitchen effectively. So we had a sort of small sort of 40s style home. You see some of them in Halifax, but basically with a very small kitchen that was quite impossible for we have three little girls and 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 it was you couldn't get from the counter to the stove, you know, and then it was a rolling dishwasher that had to go over the around the table in the middle of the room. And basically, it formed a loop. And so, when we had younger kids, they were 
they would just run and you could never get anything from the counter to the you know and then you have to of course roll the dishwasher every night. so we just we just went through a pretty massive renovation where we we broke down the back wall of the house and effectively turned the whole ground floor of our house into a sort of open kitchen with a large island which i was never sure about i didn't grow up with an island yeah. and um and it's funny because just in the last couple of days we've we've negated the pernicious effects of the island <laughs> because we brought this i bought we bought this thing at the corner there's an antique shop at the end of the road and somebody who maybe was in the military brought this like german style corner bench and ek bunk in pieces to this to this place so we just had this sort of floating table in the corner of the room but it wasn't really a place to sit until like two days ago we just installed this thing and all of a sudden we stopped just like two or three days ago we just stopped eating breakfast at the island the island is still like a massive part of of our lives and has been for about eight months but like but we've gone back to sitting at the table for for breakfast and uh and how does that feel it's really important yeah yeah i mean i i generally don't have to, we don't have time in the morning to get we got to get three kids out the door but so it's not like a, a long or leisurely breakfast but but uh um but i think that sitting at the table is really really important you know what i mean certainly at the other meals of the day it's like and and the nice thing is is that there's it's it, the benches are covered in a fabric so i think the kids kind of stick to them <laughs> In a way, like, it sounds so stupid, but it's like, I feel like they sit down and then they can't. They're stuck. Well, you know, I've got, like, they're into these um, cartwheels, you know, and so you kind of, you like, before you'd ask for the salt, like, or whatever, and you'd be sitting at the island and the kid would get up and cartwheel and then pick up the salt and pass it to you. And you're just like, come on, this is not, you know, and I was raised, like, with a more, like, formal sort of sitting you know till the bitter end kind of you know if you thought about getting up that was it for you you know and 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 you know we of course you wouldn't ever dream about going to the bathroom in the middle of a meal or anything like that right and now that seems harder to i feel like in, in our we have such a busy house it's like some of those kids just forget to pee until the minute they sit down they're like oh my god i haven't been to the bathroom all day you know, you're like, come on! We just, I just like worked away in the kitchen to make this crap. You're not going to eat it anyway, and you know, it satisfies some kind of itch. But anyway, our kitchen is gorgeous, so it's 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 uh, it's all sort of. Um, What's the best part? Well, the happiest part is that it's over and that it, the space is functional. You know, I, I just don't think that I need to spend any more of my life like you know i go into people's houses and i'd be like oh i know that sink i looked it up you know? <laughs> you're just like it's time i just to move never want to that. deal with a renovation ever again i don't wish yeah. it on anybody yeah you know? it's like for, you now know, you can enjoy it so but we put in a little like like a um there were little victories um along the way but but uh you know i, I think just ultimately the the fact that it's it's a space that's like you can entertain and you can do all the work and see what's happening and it's open to the living room so it's like you're you're kind of you can entertain people and and do all your preparation and cooking and stuff and then and then you know have people just sitting a couple of feet away and you know it's it feels like a social space that's kind of made our thing better you know because of course yeah i i, I guess in the process you sort of realize that 
you know, if you were used to getting served dinner, you wouldn't want to know where the kitchen was. <laughs> and there was that whole notion of uh, looking at dirty dishes while you're while you're eating right. that we've kind of surrendered to as well because we eat in right. in these this open situation. Yeah, you know that's true. Like kind of, oh, well. our lives are just full of little sort of smoldering piles of mess anyway you know what I mean it's like <laughs> there's just little fires that are burning all across the sort of savanna of our lives together you know it's like, it's like, yeah. it's like just enjoy that smoke <laughs> you know, it's like, so you have a really special song that named mm. after um, the cookbook The Joy of Cooking I do well yeah is it yeah it's, is it called The Joy of Cooking? Or is the song it called is called The, the Joy of Cooking. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and does that book um, sit in, in this new kitchen? Yeah, it's uh, just around the corner from the stove. So it's built, there's a, a bookshelf in the island. So yeah, The Joy of Cooking. And actually, kind of nice. I've got a couple of copies of it. Um, but the copy that I have right now is actually sent by the publishers. They oh, heard wow. the song and they were like, oh, that's... Uh, you know, we've all, we've admired the song, and it's a sort of a new generation of people, and you know, so we sort of connected through social media, I guess, through Instagram, maybe, and they were they they sent a copy of it and and inscribed it to you know that said the answer's bacon begins on this page, and yeah, pretty neat. But I I really enjoy that one. Do for you think sure. we can sing a little chorus? Yeah, probably. Can you give back your banjo? You can. You don't have to use my banjo. Yeah. We'll put that back. It's it's the funny thing about the song is that is that the the joy of cooking is actually sort of a dodge. It's it's uh, it's that's the sort of tongue in cheek part. That the, the real uh, the real sort of the real sort of meat of the song is sort of just about how you're 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 you you know that sort of was a medieval practice of just like flipping open the Bible and pointing to a verse as like an oracle, mm. right? Like so so. And I always thought that was strange because it just, I don't know if you've ever tried that, but it does, never works out. So like the whole idea of the song was that you just, you flipped open the door of cooking and pointed to something. A different oracular, I think. Uh, oracular is the word is I use in the genius. song. I love that. Yeah, and so you're like, and so you're like, oh, turns out the answer's bacon, you know. So just flip right to that page. Yeah. Didn't happen that way in real life. Certain hours our forebears looked to the more certain power of the holy good book. They opened up a verse, then they read out the word. There was the voice of God and the answer that they heard. But as for me, I've a less oracular bent. Spent most of my time wondering where my time was spent. In particular, desperation on a Sunday afternoon. All I held as good in life was in some random swoon I opened up a book on the shelf near my Bible Opened up a book for culinary survival I took a look in the joy of cooking Joy of cooking Oh, I oh, oh, I oh If I'm not mistaken the answer's bacon, answer's bacon, oh I oh, oh I oh. 
won't give you the second verse, but there, there you go. <laughs> oh, it's so, this is the best day of my life. <laughs> a little live bacon. I, I went and got my frying pan and cooked about a pound. Me and my little wife and children sat us down. <laughs> and grace was spoken in, that, in the bacon scent profound. All I had lost was found. I took a look in the joy of cooking. Yeah, funny, stupid song, but I've been playing it for, geez, like 14 years or something more. But it's it's true. Yeah, well, yeah, there's something to it. It was before bacon came back. I remember I was in a Denny's near Kingston, Ontario, and I was like, there was bacon on the menu, and I was like, oh man, I was here too early. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I I think it was I was just at the. I've never really been ahead of the curve on anything, but uh, I was ahead of the curve on this sort of the sort of disgusting degree to which bacon, you know. I once went to Yellowknife and played, uh, I went, I appeared at the CBC, you know, the the radio station up there, and the host had actually baked me uh, bacon cookies, bacon chocolate chip cookies. And I was like, this is really great. I, I'm kind of a purist. You know, kids don't like flavors mixed together. That's the real sin of being, you know, somebody who like a home cook, you know, is that, is that, God, you can make meatballs and they'll like it. And you can make tomato sauce and they'll like it. And you can make the same tomato marinara sauce that they eat on pizza. But but if you put the meatballs and the tomato sauce together with the plain noodles, you are just like I the know. devil. I know. You know, and you need and, those divided trays. Right? You do. And it's just like, okay, but then that's like and then we just browbeat them into like liking all the foods together or our palates change or whatever. But yeah. I don't know whether it's you know, it's nurture or nature because nature seems awful. <laughs> <laughs> Not fair. You said something earlier about where does tradition um, end and and taste begin? Mm. Um, did I? Yeah, I. You just. I think you did, and or we could rewind and have uh, a right. listen. But that's the essence that I got, and I. I'm thinking about your song "Early Days" uh-huh. and you know how it. To me, it was it was about the passage of time, mm-hmm. and I think there's something about holidays that sort of that that capture that movement of time, mm-hmm. you know, and we can kind of arrest it for a moment. And so sometimes that means that you're filled with um, expectation, mm-hmm. you know, and trying your best to to blend expectation with nostalgia and right. hope it help it all work. So, yeah. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit of that. Well, we could and, do the whole thing. That that yeah. one seems easy enough to do for sure. I, I, well, I mean, not that Joy Cooking wasn't, but I did walk away from because you said a little bit of it. <laughs> oh, well, I, I, I said that because I was trying to be polite, but I always... Oh, you'd like to hear the I, whole I, thing. I could, I Most could people want to hear a whole song. <laughs> yeah. You know, but you come to my house and after dinner, if I get into a musical thing, I'd luckily, you know, I feed a whole meal, but, um, but sometimes I get with the stereo and it's like, okay, 30 seconds of this. <laughs> and that's a really aggravating, bad hosting thing. Because you don't want to play more? Well, it's not that I don't want to play more. It's if I get exuberant, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No exuberance goes unpunished. And you Does know, your wife kind of give you like a wink-wink when it's time to... Go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> She's long gone to bed by then. <laughs> She's a potter, I understand. Yeah, she's quite a... Well, potting, potting or, you know, isn't doesn't really do it. She's she's kind of an amazing She's a sculptor. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, actually, the uh, she got a call yesterday from New York Gallery of Nova Scotia. They're buying a second piece of hers, which is cool. So, yeah, that's how we ended up in Nova Scotia in the first place. Was that we we met up north and she came to Nascad. Oh yeah. And then and then part of the reason why we live in Chester is that we were able to we wanted to move to the country, but but we were able to like the place that we still live now. I guess it's twelve years or more. Maybe it's more than twelve years, but. Um, 
was was ultimately and first and foremost a, a, a pottery workspace for her. You know, it was a little one bedroom apartment that we rented that that was above a space that she insinuated mm-hmm. herself into and took over as as a pottery studio. And then we moved into the farmhouse next door eventually. But uh, that's kind of how we come to have that sort of rooted life there and, and you know, raising kids and stuff in the country in Nova Scotia. Are you homebodies? Well, I travel all the time for work, so yeah. it's hard to say that I'm a homebody because, yeah, yeah. but you know, I, you know, but yeah, it's sort of going from, from, you know, out and about to, to sort of social privation. <laughs> <laughs> we had a nice, I'm, 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 um, stalling this beautiful song but we had a an episode with uh, jen grant and and dan ledwell Great. all about food on the road so that's oh, a whole nice. other and they're partly vegan or he's a vegan isn't he uh he's he's gluten-free he's gluten-free and she he has celiac disease and she's vegetarian she's vegetarian so they're doing a lot of um vegan thai curries in the hotel rooms yeah they travel mm. with a hot plate and yeah. stuff right <laughs> yeah you know, I think that's great. I mean, that that's partly the maybe I'll sing you that sardine song, but that's partly where mm. that's partly where that that sardine song was born too. Is just well, there's been some really, I I have food is so loaded in 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 its, you know, I I love to eat, but I'm I try so hard not to. You know, I don't want to be a snob about it. You know, and so I've, I've, and and I, I mean that in every aspect of my life, I try to be as flexible as possible, right? And in fact, a lot of, a lot of what was interesting about traveling for me, like the 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 U.S. for instance, like you know, all the sort of regional cookies you all want to you want to try all the all oops you want to try all the things mm. you know, and you're you're amazed at what you can get for almost nothing. You know what I mean? But like you know you know a pot of boiled beans with raw onions on top in the south or whatever with the side of really dry cornbread or whatever you're like wow this is really cool interesting food you know but i can't remember where i was going with it but you know i don't want to i don't ultimately i think like i'm getting to the point where I've, i've had some meals now where it's like where I'd go out of my way because it does doesn't taste like that silver truck that brings all the vegetables that were cut a year ago, you know, to the same restaurants. You know what I mean? Like I was in St. Andrews, New Brunswick in the summertime and I asked a friend about a particular place in town and he said, Oh, it's a bit Cisco. And I was like, you know, that explains so much to me about why I hate eating out. That's the silver truck for those That's who don't know. That's the silver know. truck, you yeah, know, it's Cisco. like, it's, I mean, it's a wonder that there's all this food and that you can go out and eat and ever mm-hmm. all these places. And in a way, there must be an equivalent in Asian mm-hmm. uh, cookery. There, Obviously, there's a silver truck for Asian mm-hmm. foods, but you, but I don't know what that is. Or maybe it's Cisco, the silver truck that does it for for the, for some of it. But I always was, you know, especially living in the country, you always seek out the Asian restaurant eateries, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they seem a little bit closer to the ground and sometimes, but there's probably... Well, I'm yeah. seeing a music metaphor here because pop music is is like the Cisco because you have to mm-hmm. meet the masses. You right. know, it's a melody that everyone right, right, will right. understand. Yeah, and you've chosen a different path. Yeah, yeah, I guess, but it wasn't it wasn't uh, it wasn't obvious that you couldn't a little more flavor. Right, but it wasn't obvious that you couldn't do some specific music and then also eat hamburgers. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah, it was. Yeah, a, it yeah, took a little yeah. while to get to that thing, yeah. and then all of a sudden, I, I had a, a salad earlier this summer that I went out of my way to get and I was like oh my god it's like it really tastes like it was alive a minute ago you know and you're, and you know it was it was pretty great and and uh, 
Chester is an interesting place to live because it's, you know, it's kind of well healed in a way. And so a lot of the post offices in Nova Scotia have these like book fairs, you know, to raise money for different things. But there's some really good books in the in the in the book you know, in the post office. So I went to the post office and yesterday I bought this book of the Penguin Book of Food and Drink edited by Paul Levy, uh, who Wonderful. apparently coined the phrase foodie. <laughs> I didn't know that. And uh, and so it's got um, yeah, so I've been reading that. There's like, you know, some Elizabeth David essays in it and stuff and that's the sort of thing. And Calvin Trillin, yeah, you I know. And uh, um, he's he was he wrote I guess at some point in the nineties about trying to replace Thanksgiving dinner with uh, uh, spaghetti carbonara, <laughs> and it's quite good. And of course, his it is, essay it has bacon in it, right? Yeah, 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 totally. And his essay about uh, or his article in like you know he's got a summer cottage here, right? Yeah. And uh, um, and you know he, he his essay about no, what, what how he eats when he's in Nova Scotia is a total mm. classic and it's like you know a good chef always or a good cook always um keeps one ingredient out of their recipes or whatever right and but he's like my macro pate is eating locally yeah yeah for sure yeah it sounds like he and really you know really and really well too yeah, yeah. so do you want to hear this i'd love to hear yeah. early years there's a there's a little cr- soup cracker uh, that's mentioned in this called the goldfish cracker. Yeah, it's made by Pepperidge Farms. I was standing out at Stanfield, had to go away. Saw a brand new baby in the mother's face. I knew that it was over all those early days. Our babies are not babies, we'll never be the same. Shopping cart full of toddlers at the superstore. They were eating goldfish, asking for more. An old man lined up behind us, and he shook his head. The kids were strangely quiet. I heard him when he said, You got to hold on, it goes so fast These early days, well, they don't last You got to enjoy them, they go so fast The baby days, well, they don't last We look forward to the evening when the monkeys go to bed And we talk all night about them And feel half dead We used to be too tired To eat in Now it's a total crapshoot To eat out You got to hold on It goes so fast These early days, well They don't last You got to enjoy them They go so fast The baby days, well They don't last Oh, you're getting rid of diapers That you washed every night And we're saving up for date night So we can have our fight 
If it's quiet for a moment Oh, you better run upstairs Cause all the toothpaste in the bathroom Is redefining everywhere You got told on It goes so fast These early days, well They don't last You got to enjoy them They go so fast The baby days, well They don't last Oh, I like the way you talk now You talk like me All the funny things you're saying You're real good company Oh, the odds are strong on crazy And on love profound You make our messy house feel Like holy ground You got to hold on It goes so fast These early days, well They don't last You got to enjoy them They go so fast The baby days, well They don't last Shopping cart full of toddlers The superstore They were eating goldfish Asking for more No man lined up behind us He shook his head The kids were strangely quiet I heard him when he said I'm thinking of those girls on Christmas morning. <clears throat> What's it going to be like? You'll probably hear them from here. <laughs> there'll be a whole re- lot of, uh, well, there'll be uh, six six kids. There'll be three cousins coming from Montreal and one from Vancouver. And uh, you can't really buy pony. You can't buy three ponies. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> like it's, it's, uh, know. You know, it's, uh, um, but we'll do that. We'll do that. That breakfast, you know, we we've and and my in laws have adopted it as well, so I'll I'll get the meat and uh, um, and 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 make that happen and and you know that's that's kind of fun and and the secret to that breakfast egg cookery really is just not being afraid of butter, you know, if you want to keep turning it out and don't want everything to go south on you, <laughs> you know, just keep adding butter to the pan. So it's basically a smoked meat on rye, open face with a fried egg. Right. Yeah, except the meat is oh, very thin. Very thin, yeah. Um, although you can double it up, and then and then the the if you get the meat done early enough, the yeah. butter, and but the 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 meat flavors the butter on the bread. Um, the problem is sometimes that like if you're not not in like a heavy, you know, neighborhood where people eat that bread, then sometimes that bread can be dry. You know. Yeah. And my wife calls it dry rye, but I made Danish rye bread last week. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that was really. Too much, but it was fun. Dark, I, dark, dark. Dark, 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 and mm. seeds, and and it was just went on and on. It was like I only, you know, I, you only read so much of the recipe, and you're like, so three, four days into this, I've got this sourdough starter. I'm feeling pretty good about myself, and then I'm like, okay, today's the day I bake the bread, and it was like, no, you have to soak the rye flour with the sunflower seeds and the and the flax seeds and the pumpkin seeds, you know, for 24 hours before you get to this. And I'm not a baker, but you know, I, I really have been enjoying it every day. And so I've been making all these weird open face sandwiches like Solomon Gundy with egg salad. 
<laughs> you know, a cucumber on top. And man, it just really works for me. Are you photographing this stuff? This is all open-faced no. is the photogenic sandwich. I know. I did photo one and sent it to David Miles because I, I had been at his house and I took him a can of sardines the day before. He's a he's also a singer-songwriter from the Maritimes. From the Maritimes, mm. yeah. So we I went over for a visit and it had been a while and he's, not to out him or whatever, but he's on the, he eats the Ravita <laughs> for lunch. And I, I get the impression that he kind of does it every day. And very thin, very thin bread. Yeah, and man. He is a very thin man. <laughs> no, very thin bread. Oh, yeah. gosh. Well, on that note, thanks so much. Hey, thanks. It's really nice to be here. Nice to talk to you. This has been, this has been, you know, one of the best days of my life. <laughs> you know, there, I do have three kids, so yeah, there, yeah. Was, there was some other good memories. There's a spectrum. But, <laughs> and I got married. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a spectrum. But it was great. And I was wondering if you could... Um, uh, take us out. Stay Calypso for a minute. Oh, yeah. The Virgin Mary had a baby boy. The Virgin Mary had a baby boy. The Virgin Mary had a baby boy. The name that she gave was Jesus. He come from the Holy he come from the glorious kingdom He come from the glory He come from the glorious kingdom Oh yes, believer Oh yes, believer He come from the glory He come from the glorious kingdom This was a Village Soundcast Network original production.